Welcome to the Confidently Balance Your Hormones podcast. My name is Dee Davidson, and I'm a hormone health expert, master mindset coach, and multiple wellness business entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you experience hormone balance, confidence, self-love, and live a life full of joy. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. Welcome to another episode of Confidently Balance Your Hormones. I'm your guide, Dee Davidson, and today I have a very special guest on with me. He's my biggest cheerleader, and I'm grateful to be on this journey we call life together. I asked my honey, Michael, to join me today because he has incorporated a lot of what I refer to as the foundational COI principles. You might be thinking, isn't this podcast about hormones? Guess what? Men have hormones too. You've heard me refer to your hormones as your control panel. Your hormones regulate everything, your brain and nervous system, your metabolism, your thyroid, your reproduction organs, your detoxification organs. So men have hormones too, and it's super important for them to understand their body. I don't think Michael knew he was healing his hormones. He may not even have thought of this until right now. Michael, have you ever thought about that? No. I mean, only when we talk about about how you use it in your practice. What did you think when I told you that I was going to study hormones? Did you think it was going to apply to you or men? Well, I think as we started to talk about it, I, I started to understand that a bit more. And certainly, I think the lessons that you've taught me cross over men and women. Yes, absolutely. So thank you for joining me today. And um, one of the things I'd like to start with is just asking you, because I know a lot of my clients ask me about you, and they ask and they wonder, uh, tell me about Michael. What's he like? Does he eat gluten-free? Do you have him on a sleep schedule? Does he feel bad eating a treat in front of you? And so I wanted the listeners to to hear a little bit about your life with me and what that that feels like for you to be to be alongside someone who's so far down in this health journey. Well, thank you, Dee, and I'm so proud of what you've done so far, and I know there's more great things to come. I think a lot of you know what has to do with how it is for me and you goes back to being like-minded. And I think I've always had a sense of taking care of myself, but I think in our journey together, you've helped me learn a bit more about kind of the, um, you know, the technical aspect of what I was trying to do. And, uh, you know, just thinking about, as you've asked that question, I think it helps when both folks are thinking about what they're putting into their bodies. And since we, eat together a lot. Uh, a lot of meals that we share are the same. And I do now, I'm really more informed around trying to make sure that I'm thoughtful about what I put on my body. And yep, gluten is a preference for me. Um, and it's an allergy for you. So it is a way that I choose to eat. Um, as far as treats go, I probably I've reduced the number of treats that I, I eat. But, you know, certainly I don't feel bad if I meet one in front of you or vice versa. I love that. And I love that you're um, so aligned because it makes my life easier. I think you know that I had a master list of what I wanted in a partner. And one of the top things on that list was that the person was, you know, 
aligned in that way, that they were thoughtful of what they ate, what they put in their mind, who they surrounded themselves with, and that they chose self-love and chose themselves on a daily basis. Because I just think it, it makes it it makes it easier in, in the long run. Have you always lived this way? I know you said you had a lot of, um, you know, healthy lifestyle choices, but have you always been a healthy person? Well, you know, I think I would say that I've always tried to think healthy. I think that I actually really understand what that means now, having been with you and having been coached by you. Um, that certainly has modified um, all aspects of it. I, if I, if I kind of think about it, uh, you know, there's kind of three principal areas that I would say I did before and I continue to practice, but I'd say they are more refined and defined today. And that's around mindfulness and how to reduce the stress in my life so that I reduce the inflammation of my body. Um, second would be what I put in my body and what kind of reaction my body has to what I put in my body. I'm thoughtful of it. And I, you know, pretty, pretty, I know if I eat something that I'm, I shouldn't eat, I know there's a consequence coming. And those two things work together, the inflammation around stress and the inflammation around food. And then last is the, what I do physically. And I've always, I've always liked to walk as part of my regiment, which I do. And I continue to do. And, um, but I would say what's been modified working with you and, and actually with my physical therapist has been to change the way that I go about what I would refer to before as kind of my stretching, or maybe you'd call a little bit of yoga is actually a strengthening process for my body and parts of my body that need it. And then, you know, I do the same, I probably do more weights and more concentrated weights now based on kind of working out with you and put more emphasis on where I want to put more lean into my body. And then, the last thing would be around, you know, the impact cardio approach as opposed to just getting on a treadmill for 45 minutes, um, doing, you know, a lot shorter than that, but raising my uh, heart rate um, up a bit. And, uh, you know, so again, I think before, um, you know, I, I wasn't practicing a lot of mindfulness, even though I was mindful. Um, I would, I would have a lot of thinking going on. I'm not sure I would call it mindfulness, which now that I have a practice around that, I really understand that. And then sure, I did everything that everybody else talks about around food, you know, whether it was, you know, this diet work or that diet work or, you know, re things you read or see and, you know, kind of follow the fad. And that's certainly much more refined today in terms of an approach to lifestyle. And then, like I said, um, you know, making the exercise part of my life, part of my life and not just something that I've got to do um, something I want to do. Awesome. You, you made some great points there. And let's start with the whole uh, food piece of it. I remember super cute and um, endearing to me when you and I first started dating that, you know, you had never really shopped at Whole Foods and you sent me this picture of your trunk full of uh, Whole Foods bags. And for those of you listening, not everything at Whole Foods is healthy, by the way. And I think Michael has learned this along the way, too. Uh, you still have to check your ingredient labels. And remember that the more single ingredient foods that you have in your cart, the better off your health is going to be and the, the easier it is for your, your body to process that. So let's start with the food journey. And, uh, you know, maybe if you can share a little bit about 
how your grocery shopping changed. What, what did you start to look at at the grocery store? What did you become aware of when you went grocery shopping? And maybe if you feel comfortable sharing some of the things that are no longer in your fridge because you became educated in regard to how they were impacting your health. Sure. Um, well, I think that when we met, you uh, turned me on to the whole idea of uh, more natural products that I either applied to my skin or were in my body. So that led me to start to shop a bit more organic. And, you know, I think I grew up in a big family and I have four kids. And when I would do the shopping, I would come home with, you know, five to 10 bags of stuff. And now when I go shopping, I'm lucky to have two bags, uh, most likely one bag. And I'm thinking about what I'm going to eat. And it's pretty simple and pretty straight up. Um, so that narrows my focus around the aisles. And I think it's tied to, no, it's not that I think, it's definitely tied to the fact that I had um, a couple of diver- bouts with diverticulitis and ended up in the hospital a couple of times and you helped me heal my gut. So I'm thinking about, um, you know, what's going to go into my body and how does that um, relate back to what I'm going to feel after I, I eat it. So, um, you know, I used to shop every aisle. Um, and now I go into the aisles that I know I need, you know, food from. So whether it's healthy organic produce and I'll grab that or, you know, it's really narrowly focused, I'd say at this point, even when I go into the aisle to get eggs, I, I really dramatically reduce the amount of dairy that I consume. So that reduced my cart a lot. I don't eat a lot of chips and things like that. I'll go for healthy uh, chips and snacks that. You know, you, we've talked about that, a good to eat. And uh, and again, um, I don't drink a lot of things other than water or soda water or maybe sparkling water. Um, so it's really narrowed down what I'm looking for uh, when, I, when I come out the other side. And I have to say that I am just so proud of you because I know that being a, a male who grew up with a, a mom who cooked all Italian food and all things pasta and all that yumminess and having that diverticulitis flare up. I know that you didn't have any history of any GI issues or inflammation prior to that uh, really hit you hard. And I know that it was a huge lifestyle shift. I, I remember you coming home from the hospital and, you know, I said, I'm going to make you some food and some bone broth and soups and things like that. And, and you know, I was at the store for a while because I was also a bit overwhelmed with the fact that you were so limited on what you could eat. And I came back with those two bags of food and you looked at me and you're like, you've been gone all that time and that's all you got. And, um, you know, I, I remember we started with that food list of focusing on not what you can't eat, because sometimes people really put a lot of emphasis on what they're missing out on and what they can't eat, which can be really depressing, right? We focused on, okay, well, let's write down some meals that you can eat for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks type things. And you had that in the top drawer of your your kitchen. And I know it wasn't easy to make those changes, but I think that second time you had the flare up and you were in the hospital, you had you were kind of at a crossroads that you had to make some choices. So I want to say that I'm really, really proud of you. And maybe there's something you could say for the people that are out there that are, you know, getting their test results back and maybe they have autoimmune or they have inflammation, they have diverticulitis, as you did in regard to getting through that uh, mindset piece and how 
how you transition through that to now where it's just your lifestyle and you've kind of come to the point where you really, I don't know if you miss those things, you can share that, but you've, you've certainly eliminated or reduced a lot of things that you used to eat. Yeah. Um, well, I'd say up until I had that first visit to the hospital for diverticulitis and an overnight, and then the second one, like six weeks later, I prided myself on the fact that I'd never been in the hospital in my life. And it really shook me a bit that I was in there because something was going on in my body. And I got a lot of mixed information um, at both hospital visits from different doctors around what caused it and what I needed to do. And, um, you know, my generalist said the first time wasn't a big deal. Just go back to what I was doing and watch things. And then the second one, they actually thought I might have had a perforation. So they had a group of surgeons around me. That all kind of raised my level of, all right, I got to figure figure this out. And I'm fortunate that we're together and um, you were there to, to kind of help, you know, guide me through it. And, um, you know, it was kind of a willingness to just kind of reduce everything to nothing because I was afraid that it was going to happen again and then kind of build myself back up. I, I think back, I there was a good two months of, I was really kind of scared of what I was putting in my body um, and, and not wanting to have another flare up in part because I knew I wanted to make it to a colonoscopy that I had coming up in December. And I was really trying to get into the GI program at Mass General as well. So I figured if I could keep myself healthy or not out of the hospital until then, at least someone could take a look uh, further to see how things were going on. So, um, you know, that all aligned. And once you start from nothing, you know, you start to build on what can be kind of be added to that. So it's probably a good place to, to juxtapose things, right? So the things we were reading about, I was reading about or the instructions I got from the hospital around, you know, bland things and yogurts and things like that. And um, so kind of was doing that on top of the healthy food that we were cooking together. You were making it for me. Um, and, you know, I remember I came up on my, my physical and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I lost a lot of weight and skinniest I've been in a while and my numbers will be great. And I was, you, you know, drinking psyllium every day to help things. And I got to my appointment and my doctor was like, oh, great. I can't wait to see the results of the psyllium and all the other things. And we got the blood work back and my cholesterol was up. And he's like, oh, you need to work on that. And I was like, uh, I, I didn't expect that outcome. So, you know, I was now into the next phase of the journey with you around the three principles we talked about around mindfulness and what you put in your body and, and the physical exercise part of it and really reduced dairy. We really started to figure out what triggers were out there and, um, you know, started to move forward and a fast forward a year later, you know, I was up a little bit in weight, but my numbers, at the you know, and the blood work was so much better. My cholesterol dropped 50 points and I was just so proud, you know, that it got that way. And, it's kind of how I am. I, I got a reward for what I worked on and um, that helped me get there. I mean, I could, add, I could add a lot. I, I kind of give the perspective of what you said around growing up in the house with food and, you know, uh, and it was, it was also, that was the way that the family got together. That was the way my mother kept us all together, like around the dinner table or um, around the table on a Saturday, cold cuts and all those things. It wasn't just the food part of it. It was the family part of it. So um I would say my perspective is a little bit different at this phase of my life around food. It's, I don't want it to sound boring, but it's kind of something you need um, to sustain yourself. So 
yeah, I, I look forward to going out to eat with you. And I look forward to when you make me meals and I do cook myself. Um, I, I think that the stuff I make myself is a li little bit more straight up and, you know, has the, you know, the, the, the right plate, the magic plate of, uh, you know, protein, some greens and a starch and, you know, kind of go from there and then work on the mindfulness to try to keep me out of the snacks and treats. So I don't know. I said a lot. <laughs> that's all really good stuff. I'm sure that some people are going to have to go back and listen to some of your tips, but that's all really good. And, you know, right away I grasped onto the emotional piece, the emotional awareness around food. When you got to that point, it really just caught my attention that you went back to the awareness around food and the emotional attachment that we can have that, you know, certain types of foods, certain smells, you know, maybe you walk by a certain bakery that you grew up around. It just triggers an emotion of whatever that is, happiness, having someone back that's uh, gone before us. So, you know, being aware and, and naming that emotion to say, all right, I know where that's coming from. And the next question, and I know that you say this to yourself all the time is, you know, what, what is this going to serve? If I'm going to go in that bakery and get that piece of cake or you know, if I'm going to eat that thing, how is this serving my highest self? How is this serving my health? And how am I going to feel after, right? Um, so important. And I've seen such a shift in you the last couple of years around that. I know that um, it's not easy. And I know that when I, I presented it that way to you initially, that food is just energy. And that's why we take the metabolic typing test. I know that you've taken the metabolic typing test and we're the same metabolic type. Shocker. Uh, but being aware that it's fuel, it's just like putting gas in your car. That's really what it's supposed to be. We just have a lot of emotional attachment to it. And that, that's where the mindfulness piece comes with, uh, with the choices that we make around food. For sure. It's good, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, as far as the, the personal care, I know your house is all pure haven. So they're getting a shout out right now. I know that you joke that you even think that you have more Pure Haven in your house now than I do, and you're in love with the products. They're amazing. You're not compromising results because you're ditching toxins. A lot of times people think that, you know, uh, eliminating toxins means that your clothes isn't going to be clean or your hair is going to be dry like hay, and you and I know that's not the case. But when we first uh, started dating, uh, I know that was one of the things we talked about. You had no idea that your personal care products could be impacting your health and also creating inflammation. If you think about the bodies are, um, the, our skin is our largest organ and anything you put on your skin really is in your bloodstream within 26 seconds for the most part. And so if you're putting toxic harmful ingredients into your bloodstream, it's gonna trigger inflammation, put your immune system into overdrive, and then it makes you more susceptible to you know, things like autoimmune and um, other disease, colds that come around, things like that. So just take a minute, if you would, please, and talk about that change for you. Like what products were you using when I don't even remember what was in your bathroom before Pure Haven? Well, you know, again, I think I always was thoughtful, um, but never really completely informed or educated. So, um, you know, I... I I would use, you know, a body wash, um, you know, or uh, the shampoo and conditioner from my barbershop, uh, which, you know, just seemed a little bit cleaner than, 
you know, getting something off the shelf. Um, I know it had some baking soda in it and there were other things that just seemed, you know, to, to feel better. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a product of America, right? So I buy the things you see on TV. And um, like I said, I think I always had a watchful eye, but never really informed uh, around that. And um, yeah, I think, you know, the shift, the shift was a great shift. It wasn't just because you were selling it and you know, I wanted you to get your attention and all those things. If I really didn't buy on it when I, when I used it, and there were some things that, you know, I never really liked the underarm deodorant that they had um, and found an alternative for that. And um, the first toothpaste I tasted wasn't great. And the second one was much, much better. And actually the one they have now is, is a lot better as well. So um, yeah, I, I would say, you know, my, my skin, my glow, I all, often get from people, boy, you have a tan. What do you, you go tanning or what are you doing out there? And, um, and I don't. Uh, I'm actually pretty thoughtful around the sun and I wear hats in the sun and cover my face with, you know, the, the right, um, sc- you know, skin stuff. And um, it's really, I think it's been a, a game changer externally and internally. Well, I know you get those compliments and it's it's super fun to look in the mirror and see your skin glow like that. We just call it the pure haven glow. It's, it's, it's really amazing. And um, when they say that their products are age reversing, I think you would agree that some fine lines, crow's feet flying away, some sunspots and things like that, it, it does really work if you're disciplined with using the products. Yeah. Like I that. just went for my annual skincare checkup and my doctor, she just says, your, your skin is so great. It's, you know, it's, it's great. Amazing. Love that. So um, as we wrap up here, I'm just wondering, you know, I bet people are, are wondering as well, how do you stay growing, evolving, learning? I know that you're constantly plugging in. You surround yourself with people that, um, you know, are like-minded and also inspire you. How do you stay growing and evolving? Well, it's funny. I was with my friend Nick Vecchio yesterday and him and his wife, Julie, um, she owns a frame shop and he owns a band gig. Uh, He's a music guy and their lives are intertwined and they're talking to each other all day. And, um, you know, they both have their own things, but they're interconnected. And I, I think that's similar to us in that, I think we're constantly feeding each other. Um, you probably more so than me, because just you know, I call you a sensei on all this stuff. Um, but you know, I think that they, you know, when you're searching out, or or maybe you're not even searching out, and when it comes to you, when these things come to you that inform you of whether it's something around um, life and and mindfulness and how you you know you you can approach things with a positive mindset. And, um, and then if there is something else around, um, you know, our bodies and some it's, it's fun. It's just, you know, this, it's just crazy how things we'll talk about things and then things pop up that are around it. And, um, you know, I'm enamored by the amount of time you spend on researching, um, the work that you do and to continue to grow your skills so that you can be a better person to coach people. Um, and, you know, that's something I do as well. I've always kind of done that, um, especially professionally. Um, 
to continue to be relevant and and to uh, be able to make change because you know if you're not if you're not changing things that you know that the alternative is you're stagnant and um, it's just like pruning pruning flowers or pruning your grass or the things that grow like you need to clear out some of the old to make room for the new and uh, it's kind of how I approach uh, things um, as well. So true. And although you refer to me as the sensei, I also um, am so appreciative of you, Michael, because you you help me to look at things differently. Sometimes uh, I think you know that I'm very strong, independent woman, and it's really helpful sometimes um, to reflect from a different perspective or point of view. Uh, and again, this this podcast, this CLY community really exists because you pushed me to explore it. And I know that had a lot to do with how you were feeling incorporating these CLY principles before they even existed. They were just my principles, things that I was doing and passed on to you. And, and you kept on me. When are you going to help other people do this? When are you going to help other people do this? So I appreciate you and I love you. And I thank you so much for that. Love you too. Um, so let's leave with one piece of advice you want to give the listeners today. Um, test, not guess. Um, you know, to do the work to find out what, you know, going all the way back to what I said earlier around what this is going to have an impact on how you feel, um, you know, and you can give yourself that gift. Um, and, you know, again, I, I like the kind of the three pillars of how you approach the mindfulness stuff. And I spend a lot of time on that because uh, it's personally helped me in, incredibly um, the last few years. But, you know, we're the author of our own story in our mind. And you know, everyone listening knows what that story can be like sometimes. And our inner critic is our loudest voice. Um, you need to be able to shut that down. You need to show yourself love. Self-care is not just, you know, going to the gym. Self-care is being gen gentle with yourself. Self-care is telling yourself you love yourself when you wake up in the morning before you go to bed at night. It, it's, it's caring for yourself as much as you might care for your own children or your loved ones. Um, and again, the, the whole how you take care of what you're putting inside your body. So if you're taking care of your mind and then you're thinking about what works best for you as it relates to the food you eat and then how to keep moving. Like that's the, to me, those are the three th pillars in life that help lead to happiness. Such great advice. And thank you for sharing today and being open with the audience. I know that you shared some personal things on here. And again, I appreciate you, love you, and thank you for coming on. Okay, yeah. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Confidently Balancing Your Hormones. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love for you to share it with a friend and also hit follow at the top of this podcast. If you have a couple of minutes and you can leave a quick review, it will help other women in need find this podcast. You can find me on Instagram at confidently underscore love underscore yourself. I would love to stay connected and hear from you. 